Welcome, Patricia. So lovely to speak to you again. It's been a long time. I was wondering how you and your family are weathering this crisis. Well, thanks for asking. Um, I'd say on the whole, pretty well. Um, you know, there've been there's been sort of that silver lining of you know spending a lot of time together as a family, which my kids are older, and so I, I have kids ranging from a couple years out of college and working to um, my youngest is going to be a freshman in college next year. Right. Um, and it's, you know, it's sort of rare for us all to be together these days, you know, <laughs> prior to COVID and we've been together. So just on a personal side, uh, that's been, that's been a bit, you know, a silver lining. Great. Fantastic. And, um, and so what is your main focus for investments? Just um, if you want to just walk me through that again. Yeah, sure. Um, so, so first of all, uh, yeah, I'm a general partner at Trinity Ventures. Our our focus as a firm is early stage technology, encompasses enterprise and consumer, um, and and actually um, overlaying that, we actually have a bunch of industry verticals that we spend time on. I have a partner, um, Schwartz Sachivolo, who focuses um, almost exclusively on fintech. Um, and so my personal focus is that I um, focus on consumer-driven tech, so kind of the yeah. consumer part of our of our practice. And I also focus on real estate tech, so both um, from a consumer and an enterprise perspective. That's been sort of the industry vertical that I have spent time on, actually since the days we invested in LoopNet, which was a long, long time ago. Um, oh, okay. That's for us. And then and, as far as stage goes, we invest everywhere from kind of seed to series B. It's okay. where it's when we write our initial check. Okay. Well, and I know there's some exciting stuff happening happening in real estate uh, due to the blockchain. So I've uh, had a few founders who've come along with um, great companies that are using the blockchain for real estate issues. So that's great. Um, and are you still investing and how are you managing to do that? And how are you also managing your uh, current investments in your portfolio? Yeah, I mean, I would say that, you know, managing our current investments is our number one priority um, and has been, you know, since the crisis started. And, you know, it, it means, you know, unfortunately, it's not time in person, but a lot of time on Zoom and on the phone with portfolio companies, just really counseling them on how to control their own destiny. You know, I mean, survival is uh, is the number one priority. Um, and, and just, you know, how, and, and we can kind of dive into that, like different tactics for controlling your own destiny. I mean, it started off, I think, you know, almost immediately with portfolio companies focusing on hiring freezes. Um, and then, and then sort of depending on uh, the extent to which a portfolio company is being impacted by the crisis, you know, getting into, you know, cutting burn, um, trying to extend runway, trying to raise capital if it's available, either equity or debt. Um, and then, you know, I'd say I feel like, you know, from a from just, you know, supporting portfolio companies, um, you know, we've been trying to do a lot as far as kind of sharing best practices across portfolio companies. Um, right. So, you know, which is helpful because, you know, I, I you know, our portfolio companies, the entrepreneurs in them are 
super creative, super resourceful people. They come up with really good ideas. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, the extent that they can share those ideas, um, yeah. you know, it, it lifts, it lifts all boats. I actually, believe it or not, I went to a board meeting in, in Boston last month. Um, in, oh my goodness. in June. I know, I know. It's sort of like, you know, but I, I, um, I was going to go to Boston anyway. Um, there was, uh, you know, and, and the, the CEO told me that he was going to the office most days. And um, so we sat six feet apart. We had masks on. Um, and it was like, it was like, it felt great. Oh. <laughs> it felt great to be in a board meeting, you know. Just to get out. Of, yeah. <laughs> That's um, fantastic. Because um, I, I know a lot of the VCs I've spoken to are saying they're not traveling until there's a vaccine and things like that. So you're very courageous. Good I, felt, you. I felt super, I felt super. <laughs> super brave but but also it might have been you know i i i think i am super in the minority i think most people yeah. are traveling and i and yeah. i i'm not i'm not by the way i discovered one thing which is that by showing up in person i was sort of putting the founder ceo in a position of having to wear a mask we were both wearing masks which and when all the other board members are on zoom it can be a little tough to have the person presenting on Zoom wearing a mask. So yeah, yeah. I, I actually, I'm not sure I did him any favors ultimately. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great to see him. It was great. Yeah, to see him. yeah, yeah. But, but because I think really um, with venture and startups, it's really all about the people. So uh, I'm sure a lot of people are really suffering during this period. Well, um, you know, it's interesting. I, mean, I think one of the things, uh, you know, that, I'm hearing about more and more is how important it is to focus on, you know, personal, uh, personal and sort of team wellness at this time. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, it's easy yes. to neglect it. There's a lot of stress. There's so much uncertainty. Yes. Um, so, you know, and, and, and social connection is one of the ways to, to address, you know, is, is to, is to help on the wellness front. So I think maintaining the social connections are really important. I agree. I agree. Um, it was my birthday on uh, Tuesday and a friend uh, took me out with social distance and had breakfast and it was the first social thing I'd done for four months. And I was oh my so gosh, happy. Like water in a desert, right? Oh, it was so happy. And I just, the whole day I was just floating and I thought, well, you can tell you're an extrovert, Pemo. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, happy birthday. Uh, Thank you. Um, it was a good start to the birthday year. Um, so what you've obviously been um, thoughtful about this. What is what's the takeaway for you about what you know, what this crisis has brought up really for you? You know, I mean, look, I think, um, you know, one of the, one of the takeaways and this is a this is a lesson that you learn repeatedly in venture, yeah. but, but that look, you know, capital intensive businesses have less flexibility in a time of retrenchment. I mean, right. you know, um, and this was a lesson that was learned, you know, after kind of the dot com slash, you know, telecom bust, um, yep. in the late nineties. And, um, and then, you know, we learned again after financial crisis, but if in a capital intensive business, you know, when you when you when you uh, when you are in a time of retrenchment, that that's kind of like a yoke around your neck. You just can't be as flexible. Yeah. Um, and uh, even though I will say that, like in the past ten years, which have been a really you know buoyant time for yeah. both the back companies, 
there has been more and more adoption of capital intensive business models because um, because you can, right? Like you you could, like the capital was available. It was relatively inexpensive. And, um, and we were very much in a growth environment. Um, but I think you're finding companies and, and I, and I have some too, um, that, you know, uh, you know, have, um, capital intensity. It could come from a number of different directions, right? It could be, it can be, uh, it could be leases. Um, like, you know, just to take an example we're all familiar with, um, and we we're talking about real estate tech, right? Like we work, I mean, they've got lots and lots of, um, of leases. Um, and, uh, you know, to the extent that their revenue model starts to suffer and they still have to carry the bag on those leases, it can be pretty devastating. And, you know, we saw Open Door, um, which you're familiar with, um, you know, they had to stop, you know, they had to basically stop for a while buying new homes because of just the capital intensity and the uncertainty of whether they could um, you know, resell those homes in the timeframes that they anticipate. So anyway, that's one big lesson, one big takeaway. Right. You know, I'd say another one, which is just kind of, oh, by the way, here's an interesting note, though, with regard to capital intensity. I think one of the takeaways that we've we've learned is that remote working is entirely possible. And, yes, um, very and positive. So, Right. And that's, and that's positive. And it means you can actually be less capital intensive, right? Because you don't yeah. have those leases yeah. for your, your so, so that's kind of, that was kind of an interesting kind of yin and yang set of takeaways. Yeah. But I'd say, I'd say, you know, just not letting a business build up too much fat. I mean, I think, you know, we've all seen situations where, uh, you know, if, if, if your culture you know, if you've kind of built up a lot of kind of fat in, in a business, in a startup, and you have to, you have to retrench, you have to make cuts. It's very hard culturally, um, because it's such a jarring experience. But, you know, I think companies that are sort of battle hardened, that have stayed pretty lean and mean, um, it can adjust uh, much more fluidly in these types of situations. Um, but man, I mean, you know, who would have foreseen this, right? I mean, it's yeah, it's, like I, I didn't even foresee it. Like the day before the shelter in place came in in California, I was still trying to put a panel together, and then it just all fell to pieces. Right? No, I, I thought, wow, where did this come from? <laughs> I mean, I think from a planning perspective, I mean, pretty much all our portfolio companies, as I said, like first step was a hiring freeze. Second step was kind of a replanning process. Almost all of them replanned. And I think we all sort of the consensus, I would say, from a replanning perspective was that everybody was going to be very hard hit in Q2. And then we we're going to bounce back. And obviously, that's not the case. And so there's been a but but interestingly, the Q2 has not been as bad as people thought, but it's just going to last longer. At least that's, right. that's generally the experience I'm seeing across our portfolio, which is oh, uh, our portfolio companies are are beating their reforecast or their their replan, if you will. Yeah. But this replan, they like they like they, but but the impact on <clears throat> on revenue in their business model is just lasting way longer than they expected. Right, right. And um, would you? I know it's awfully hard to predict anything lately, but um, I just wondered if you've got any sort of vision of how you think uh, investing at, as a VC will go in the next year and 
possibly two years because yeah, there has I been such a dramatic it, change. Yeah, yeah. No, I, it's it's a good question. It's a super important question for all venture-backed companies out there. Yeah. Um, I would say for the next 12 months, I I think that um, venture funding will happen. It will ha- It's going to be slower, um, but okay. it will happen. And it will happen largely around... Um, existing relationships. So, hey, the good news as an entrepreneur is that you, you've had to pitch dozens of VCs to to, to secure financing yeah. in the past. The good news is dozens of VCs know you, and so yeah. um, I think you know tapping into people who've met you face to face in the past um, may have met your team in the past. Though I think those financings are going to be that's going to be easier to to happen. Like I actually. Um, co-led last month a Series A in a company where I had a seed investment, um, and so I already knew the team and um, already trusted <clears throat> trusted the team, trusted yeah. um, the business that they're pursuing and the numbers that I was seeing. So I think existing relationships are going to be key. I would also say being highly targeted in who you approach um, over the next twelve months is going to be really key too because. Yeah, I think having a very strong kind of investment thesis match um, will help, you know, sort of um, grease the wheels, if you will. Um, And so that even in a situation where you might not um, personally know the investor, the fact that there's such a strong kind of confluence of interest around a thesis, a thesis match with what you're doing um, could really help. <clears throat> drive a financing to conclusion. The other thing I'd say, <clears throat> excuse me, my throat is um, talking. Um, I've got you talking too much. <laughs> yeah. I see the, the other, the other thing over the next 12 months is um, I am finding strategics, many strategics to be more active um, than I had seen them previously. And so I think some strategics are viewing this as an opportunity to play offense and are getting more aggressive as far as funding companies that they might not have had an opportunity to fund in the past, okay. uh, terms they might not have had an opportunity to get in the past. Um, so I do think strategics are an avenue that entrepreneurs should think about because I, you know, rather than, you know, sort of experiencing them sort of, you know, running away at a time like this, I'm actually seeing quite a few of them engage and being, um, being active. So right. that's the next 12 months. I am very hopeful that over 24 months, we really do go back to, you know, <laughs> yeah. go back to some semblance of normal. Yes. Um, yes. But and, uh, and how are you finding valuations? Because Tim said that the valuations that he, you know, he's getting like a better deal now um, with uh, series, series A. So we seed investments. I think that there is a downdraft on valuations because, you know, for investors investing now, there is additional risk they're taking on. I mean, without question, right? And um, so I actually have a portfolio company that I led the seed investment and they just closed a series A. um, Actually, it's been a few months. They closed it towards the beginning of the pandemic, I think maybe at the end of April, um, with a new lead investor. And um, and the time between uh, initial term sheet to term sheet signing, like the term sheet arrived before COVID, the term sheet was signed after COVID, and it was it, it, the valuation was cut um, 
let me think about this. I think it was cut around, you know, 20, 25%, something like that. Uh, um, so, but you know, we were, I think the, the founder entrepreneur was delighted that the investor had enough conviction to close yes, the financing, even with all the craziness yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, and you know, the company's going to live to, to, to see, to, to, you know, to fight and, uh, we'll definitely survive the crisis. So that's, what's that's important. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Well, gee, that's really positive stuff you've uh, given us today, Patricia, and I'm sure uh, all the listeners will really um, appreciate it. I certainly do. And it's just a wonderful to actually connect with you again. Nice to talk to you too. It has been a while. Yeah. Stay safe and well. See ya. You too. You too. Take Bye. care, Pimo. Bye.